We begin the overview on the second week of the Alochus of Tzedakah, the Gemara and Gittin, that Vav, that Zayin and Aleph tells us that a person who is struggling financially, nonetheless, he should take from his money, he should trim off from his money, and through that, he'll be zaycha to a Yeshua, to Hashem's help. If a person sees that he has limited finances, he should do tzedakah, and if they're a lot, if he has a, a lot of finances, then he for sure should do tzedakah. Gemara is telling us something that's counterintuitive. You would have thought that if you don't have enough money for yourself, you should not necessarily be giving out tzedakah, the Gemara tells you the opposite. If you give tzedakah, Hashem will help that you will be zaycha. The Gemara says that a mashal to this, if you have two sheep, one of them had a lot of wool, and one of them did not have a lot of wool, and they had to cross a river. The one that did not have a lot of wool was able to cross easier because the one with a lot of wool, the water would, would make it heavy and it wouldn't be able to make it across. And the Gemara ends off, the Gemara says, the Zayinam and Beis, that it dashes from a Pasuk, V'ini Sicha, Loi Encha Oid, V'ini Sicha, if a person is an Oni that's accepting Tzedakah, even though he's a poor person, nonetheless, he takes from his money and he gives Tzedakah to others. Hashem says, Loi Encha Oid, he will not remain a poor person anymore. So a Segula, even for a poor person to become wealthy, would be to give from his own money, from his own Parnassah to other people, and that would give him a source to be saved from his anias. So now all this is talking about a source. What is the halacha me'ikra din? So we have to classify exactly what does it mean that he's an ani that has a chiv to give tzedakah. The background for the question is that there are more passages in Simon Ration and Aleph that if, when it comes to giving tzedakah, parnasasa his own parnasa comes first. A per, one's own income, one's own parnasa, livelihood, takes preference over the livelihood of other people. So that would seem to be at odds with the Gemara we just said. However, the Mechaber, the Shulchanar, Hatsumim Reish Ramches, says clearly and explicitly, Even a poor person who is supported through Tzedakah has to give Tzedakah. From what he gets, he has to give to somebody else. He has to trim off from some of the stock he receives, and he has to give tzedakah. So the question is, how does this fit with the Ramah that says that Panasasa to giving tzedakah to other people? So the Shach answers, the Shach explains, that there are two kinds of people. There is a person that has no income whatsoever. Such an Ani, he doesn't have any income, so from the little that he has, He's not required to trim it down and to give it to somebody else. On the other hand, someone who has a steady income, but it's from a tzedakah organization, he's living off the funds of tzedakah. Since he does have a steady income in a certain way, he's required to trim from that and to share with other people and to give tzedakah. So again, if the person has no parnasa and he has no foreseeable way to support himself, then of course his parnasa comes first. But, if he has a foreseeable way to make ends meet, however, it's from charity, it's from tzedakah, in that case, he's required, just like anybody else, or at least according to his means, to give tzedakah. 
So that would resolve the issue between the two uh, opinions over here. Now, even if a person does not have any foreseeable income, he has no pranasa whatsoever, there's a different chiv, which we spoke about before, and we'll get to it later, is that you have to give at least a third of your money, a third of your income, I'm sorry, a third of a shekel, a third of a shekel to Pernosa, which is approximately one or two dollars a year. And the reason for that, for the minute that we have actually in Shul, we have a pushka, we go around, is because of this mitzvah that to be every year has to try to be out to the mitzvah stuff at least a dollar or two dollars a year. And they go around collecting, so each one puts a few pennies each time, eventually it will add up. That's how the custom started that we have a pushka and shul because of this minimum mitzvah. So that's if a person, even if he has nothing at all, at least he should give something. Everyone could give at least a few pennies. But on a, st- a steady way or a real, a real kind of stuff is only required if his income is somewhat uh, steady. He just doesn't have any assets, any, any other way to make money. Even if this, the income is coming from a charity organization, he still has a chiv to give tzedakah. Now the Aruch HaShulchan points out a very important thing. The Aruch HaShulchan struggles to understand what are the different levels of tzedakah that we're, talk- that we're going to discuss. It says that a person should give to his relatives first. So that means what? He should only give to his relatives? He shouldn't give to anybody else? If that would be the case, only people with relatives would be able to be supported. On the other hand, a person who doesn't have, he would never get anything. Similarly, to give to people in your city, and not to people in other cities. Let it, let's say you have a city that doesn't have any wealthy people in it, so they should all die, they're not going to have any money. So the, what's, the question is, so what's the chiv when you say there's a category of tzedakah, is that an absolute category that you can't change the category? Or no, of course you have to do all the levels, but you could, but the main focus has to be on those things. So the Rechel says, of course, the main focus has to be on those things, but a person also has to help other people also, besides for local people or only relatives or whatever, or else people wouldn't be able to survive. Then he discusses, as far as the level that we just mentioned before, what if you have a person that doesn't have sufficient income? He doesn't have sufficient support. And he's basically making it, and we're saying that he has a chiyu of tzedakah, or if Pranasa comes first, he doesn't have a chiyu of tzedakah. So how, so that means you'll have a, a situation where many people are still not completely set with their parnasa, which most people, he says, are in such a category. Each month there's a grind. So they don't have, it comes out, you will never have to give tzedakah. Most, he says, how would, it, how would it ever work? Nobody, people would be dying. They wouldn't have any money to eat because nobody, everyone's going to say, my parnasa comes first. I can't give you tzedakah. I don't have enough of a steady tzedakah. How can you say such a thing? That the, the minig enakain and the minig is not like that. You see that pe- everyone's giving tzedakah even if they don't have a guaranteed parnasa. So the Rachel Shulchan says the same answer would apply. That since it's not an absolute category, the cat- categories in a general sense, there's a checks and balances of what the preference is. You're, if you have, let's say, 70% of your income, your main focus is to get the other 30% true, but you do have a certain amount you do have. From that, you have to give tzedakah, and from that, you have to share with other people. Now, let's say you're in this category where you have to take an income from tzedakah, and you want to separate meiser, or you have an option, I won't take an income from tzedakah, and I won't separate meiser. What's the better thing to do? So the tzedakah mishpat says the better thing to do is not to take tzedakah and not to give meiser. Not to come on to tzedakah in the first place. So that which we were discussing, where he was taken from tzedakah, that was where he had a reason he had to. But if he has an option to avoid it and not, be, not have to give tzedakah because he doesn't have enough for himself, 
and he can focus just on his own parnasa. It's like a Mishpat says that would be the better option. The the Shaila arises when it comes to collecting tzedakah. Who are you allowed to collect from? You knock on the door and you see there's a lady that answers the door and she gives you, let's say, a large donation, $100 or whatever. Are you allowed to take that or you have to be worried that maybe her husband doesn't agree? So according to the halacha, the halacha itself is that you're not allowed to take a large donation that you sense could be out of proportion to the income of the person who's giving it. It means to say uh, to the husband of this woman, you, you suspect that she may not have the right to give that large, that size donation to other people. So therefore, you would not be allowed to take it. There's a discussion where the Nadi Behuda speaks out a very interesting Shiloh where there was a lady that felt that her husband wasn't giving enough tzedakah, and she decided that she's going to give out the tzedakah for him without asking him his opinion, and because, and she based her, her, uh, rationale on the fact that there's a law that a person not giving enough tzedakah, Bezdin forces him to give the proper tzedakah. So she decided she's going to give the tzedakah, and L'chayr, the logic is the same. You know, Bezdin can force him, so I could give it out too. The Yehuda says, no, that, she's not allowed to do that. That would be like complete theft. Because Bezdin has the right with the kayak of Bezdin, and they have to do it with a person's knowledge. But to take it without the person's knowledge and to give it out is considered a, a form of zeal is considered theft, and she would not be allowed to do that. The Shevet Alevi points out, and this is discussed in other places as well, that in today's day and age, many women have the the um, resource, have the right, or the, the way they're structured, the, the finances are structured, the lady runs a lot of the finances. So technically, they have the right, the discretion to give out tzedakah. So, are you mechoyev to be worried that the husband doesn't agree or not? So the Shevet Alevi says that we can assume, as long as you don't have a reason to assume otherwise, or at least at least you have a, a reasonable enough reason to assume that she had the right to do it, then you can take it. Because today, it's, it's something that's common. You can take even a larger donation, that means. She, you, she has the right to do it, so you can assume. But if you have any kind of suffix that you think that she's not the kind of person that would have the flexibility to run the finances in the house uh, based completely on the trust of her husband, then already you can't put her into the general category of people t- of women today. Then already you cannot take um, an extra large donation from her. Now there's another um, interesting halacha that many people don't know, and uh, unfortunately... It uh, takes away some of some of the fundraising gold mines, as that is to collect money from someone who is who gives money freely and very easily. There are some people that they they're afraid to say no. They're embarrassed to say no. So fundraisers they'll come to them, they'll exert various tactics or pressures and things like that uh, to get the money from the person. And they know this guy's a nice guy. He can't say no, you know. And they because of that they push him past the point of of reason to give large amounts, and they, they, they don't care because, you know, the guy will, you know, he has enough money anyway, and therefore it belongs to them, so let them take the money. The halacha is a person who knows that, there's a, that someone can't afford it, or he's, he gives it so easily without thinking because he's embarrassed or, or he just is, can't control his nature, it's an avera to take money from that person. It's an avera for a fundraiser to take money, 
And not only that, it's one of the few places that the Shulchan Aruch writes that Hashem is going to pay back this fundraiser for doing that, from taking this kind of money out of the person in such a way. Another very interesting halacha, <coughs> um, or one of the most fundamental, we should say, halachas, is the halacha which is called a choymesh, giving a fifth of your of your property. Now, until now we're discussing a general chiyav of stocka, and then there's a concept of meiser, and then there's a concept of a choymesh. Now, there's a chiyav of stocka we mentioned in the previous shurim of of giving a meiser and a choymesh, and there's a chiyav of, of separating from your income a meiser and a choymesh as well. Now, we're talking about what is the chiyav to give a fifth of your nechassim as stocka? When is that a chiyav? So, the Chavetz Chaim says something very interesting. Chavetz Chaim says that we're on the, the Mechaber had said, and we spoke to that last week, that giving a fifth of your nechassim is a commendable thing. It's a very high level, it's a midah yafa. The average is to give a tenth, and less than a tenth is already stingy. But the fifth is a midah yafa. Says the Chavetz Chaim, when is the fifth a midah yafa? When is that, when is it considered extra meritorious? That's only when the, the person is, is, when the person who's giving this fifth is not aware of the urgency of the need of the, of the recipient. But if they see clearly that the person in front of them, they know that, let's say there's an almana, there's a, a widow, she doesn't, have, she doesn't have food, she doesn't have, she doesn't have the ability to put food on her table, the Allah is, in that case, it's not just the midah yafa, it's actually the mitzvah me'ikar adin. Lashon Chavetzayim is Yesh Oimrim the Masha Omer the Chaymish who meet the Yafa. There's some sheetas as the opinion of the Gra and other Rishonim that Rishonim based on Rishonim. Hadi Milim Shalei Noida Lashiyesh Beir and Im Tevin Lechem. But if he knows that there's Almonas and Yisoyim that are suffering and struggling and they have no way to save themselves, then it's Meikar Adin to give a fifth. It's not just a Chumra. It's Meikar Adin to give a fifth. So that's in the cases where it's me'ikar adin. Now let's talk about the general halach of chaymish where it's just a midah yafa. Now where does this concept of a chaymish come from? The concept of a chaymish comes from the Gemara. The Gemara says it was takonas usha. It was takon of the Sanhedrin that a person should not give away more than a fifth of his nechassim tzedakah because we're afraid that he's going to become impoverished. He's going to become poor and he's going to need to collect tzedakah himself. Therefore, the Gemara says, a person should not give more than a fifth. And the Gemara obviously is saying that you're not allowed to give more than a fifth, or else you would be over the Takana Susha. The question is, are there any cases where you're allowed to give more than a fifth? The, the Rebchaim Kanyevsky and Derech Amuna brings down the Chavetz Chaim and Avas Chesed, who famously writes six exceptions to the din of, of a Chaimish, and they are the kids are when you're de- dealing with, number one, when you're dealing with a situation of pikuach nefesh. Pikuach nefesh, a person has, is able to give much more than a fifth if that's going to save the person. Number two, if there's specific aniyim asking directly, he's may, able to give even more. Let's say, number three is, let's say the person is fantastically rich, that even if he gives away a fifth of his nechassim, it's not going to impact him at all. In that case, the, the takonim chachamim would not apply. Number four, if he has a steady income and he doesn't need the surplus to be able to live, you're allowed to give from the surplus even more than a fifth. Number five, to support 
leave it at Torah. To support Torah's study, you're allowed to give even more than a fifth. And number six, a person who anyways blows his money in all kinds of nonsense, he's allowed to spend money even more than a fifth. Let's say a person cannot afford to give Meiser, but he wants some kind of mitzvah of Meiser, what should he do? So one of the ideas that are given is that a person should go over to someone else and they should give each other their Meiser. Someone else who also is a poor person, he also needs Meiser. Each of the two Adim should give each other the Meiser. Chaikadiyazi speaks out, they shouldn't make a condition, it shouldn't be conditional, I'm doing this only if you're doing that, but they, one should give it to the other. However, in general, when it comes to the Chiyah of giving tzedakah, let's say a person has, has loans that he owes money or things, money, priorities that he has to give first, he's not, he should not, Sefer Hasidim says, he should not go ahead and give money to tzedakah if he does not have the ability to pay back those chayvahs first. That should come first before everything. Chazanish was known to have said, said that a person shouldn't borrow any money unless he knows a way how to pay back. It's the same concept that if you have Chiyuvim that come first, you should not try to act generous when you still have those chiyuvim which are required first.